We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Let's make our confession of faith together. Y'all ready? Let's go. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Father, we tell you two things, sir. We tell you that we are open and we are ready. Tell him, say, I'm open and I'm ready. Say, speak, Lord. I need to hear from you. Give me direction. Answer my prayers. Move in me today. Don't let me leave the same way I came. Say, I'm expecting a move of God at this 1115 in Jesus' name. Can I get you to release your expectation? How do I release expectation, Bishop? The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You release your expectation with your worship. You release your expectation with your praise. You release your expectation by saying, I have come to hear from the Lord. Everybody open your mouth and say, speak, Lord. I'm ready. He's ready. Let's go. Well, let's go then. Let's go to work. We started a new series on Wednesday called Stop. To learn what you must stop so that God can start. Hear me. There are some things in your life that God needs you to stop because it's preventing him from starting some things. And sometimes what you need to stop isn't sin. If you grew up in church, you became very sin conscious. You need to stop sinning. You need to stop doing this. You need to stop doing that. And sometimes the issue is not that you're doing wrong. It's that you're not doing enough of what's right. This series, we're going to find out what you need to stop so that God can start some things. For everybody that believes that there's some amazing things God ready to do in your life can I just get you to open your mouth and say I'm gonna stop some things so God can start some things 
So you're about to stop this doubt because God is about to do something amazing. You're about to stop this fear because God's about to do something amazing. You're about to stop being a prisoner to your past because God is getting ready to do something amazing. If you only had a clue of how amazing it was. Matter of fact, can I be honest? You do have a clue. What's my clue, Bishop? Look at the hell you've been through in your last 12 months. It's an indication of how amazing God wants your next 12 months to be. I'll know by your response. If there's anybody on campus or online where you've had a lot of hell in your last 12 months, that is your preview that something amazing is about to happen in your next 12. Can I get you to release a praise for your next 12 months? Go. Look at somebody next to you and say, your next 12 are going to be amazing. Uh uh-uh. I don't like the way they responded because when you share information like that with somebody they should respond in excitement tell somebody else say I said your next 12 are going to be amazing now they better put a praise behind what you said I need you sitting next to celebrators I don't need you next to haters I need you sitting next to people that want to see you win there's some things you got to stop because there's some things he wants to start. And Wednesday's message was this, stop being normal. Now listen, you may say, well, I want to be normal. Hear me. Um, normal is not an accomplishment. Too many Christians are fighting, I want to have a normal marriage. I want to have a normal business. I want to have a normal life. Question, if you want to be normal, then why get an, an unnormal God? If you want to be normal and natural, then why have a supernatural God? You cannot tell me that Jesus died and paid the price for you and I to have life and life more abundantly. See, that's how you know you're not supposed to be normal. Because if you're supposed to be normal, he said, I died for you to have life. That's normal. He said, I want you to have life, watch me, and life more abundantly, which means I'm not supposed to be normal. And I need Christians to stop fighting to have normal marriages, normal friendships, normal businesses, normal lives. When people look at you, they ought to say, there's something amazing amazing about them that's not regular that's not natural there's something weird about them and weird is not a bad word I've taught you in our January series that weird number one means to do your assignment which means this year you are not simply going to work for a check watch me you're not going to wake up because you got to go to work you're going to wake up because you want to go to work You are not going to make your living from your job. You're going to make your living from your giving. If you only knew, watch me, that purpose is about to wake you up, not the fact that you got to go clock in. I need some of y'all's faith to be stirred up at this 1115. Open your mouth and say, I'm going to do what I was created to do this year. I don't like the way this section is responding. Open your mouth and say, I'm going to do what I was created to do this year. And watch me, you ain't going to have to chase the money. The money's going to chase you. Because when you're doing your assignment, God's going to make things flow to you. When you're doing what you're created to do, God's going to make things flow to you. And I backed that up with Bible. When Adam was on his assignment in Genesis, the Bible says that the river brought four different riverheads that brought him gold, that brought him onyx, that brought him bedellium. Everything he needed came to him. Lift your hands, say, everything I need is coming to me. This year. 1115, I've been working hard all weekend. I need you to open your mouth and say, everything I need is coming to me this year. Well, what do I need? You need some nouns, some people, some places, some things, some ideas. 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 Say, it's coming to me this year. I need y'all to practice. Say your first and last name. 
That name is about to bring some things. Oh, your name is about to be brought up in a room full of people with power. Your name is about to be respected by people with authority. Come here, Joseph. You're about to go from 13 years of waiting to where now you're lifted up to the highest seat in the kingdom. You're going to do your assignment. Number two, it means supernatural. Number three, it means uncanny. Number four, it means zany. Number five, it means creepy. In other words, is this really happening for me? Go watch our weird series and you'll understand the type of year you're going to have. Listen, it can't just have a weird year, but it be a normal you. And for some of you all, there's some things that you've been doing. And can I be honest with you? You've been living real normal. And God says, I don't need you doing normal in 2022. I need you doing weird in 2022. So here we go. Normal people, watch me, call things like they see it. But we call things how we want to see it. Now, I know you may say, well, Bishop, who am I? Who am I to speak with such authority? Who am I to speak with such power? I'll tell you who you are. First John 4, 17 says, as he is. So are we in this world. You already missed it. You keep sleeping on your authority because you think you're some regular square. Y'all not listening. You think you are some regular individual who's got to take what life gives you. You got to take what life throws at you instead of recognizing, watch me, you are him in the earth. That's what the Bible says in Exodus when he was speaking to Moses. He says, Moses, as far as Pharaoh is concerned, I'm going to make you as God to him. Y'all missed it. He says, when your enemy looks at you, he's going to think you're me. For some of you, this explains some of your warfare. Why? Because your warfare sees you as way bigger than you see yourself. You've been seeing yourself as some small somebody, but your warfare sees you as amazing. Why are you a little David fighting a big Goliath? Because Goliath could see there was a king on the inside of you. And I came to tell somebody, you are him in the earth. So there's certain things you're waiting on God to change. And God says, I'm waiting on you to act like me. You keep saying, I'm waiting on you to change. And God says, I'm waiting on you to act like me. As he is, so are we in this world, which means anytime you read your Bible, anything you see God do, look at me, you can do. Can I give you more backup? This is why Jesus says, greater works than these that I have done shall you do. See, some of y'all are being normal waiting on God. And some of you, you will grow up in church and you will talk, just wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, I say. Waiting is not a passive posture. The word wait there means to serve, which means while I'm waiting to see it, I'm going to serve my way to it. You might only be getting half of what you're worth now, but I need you not to get an arrogant, stuck-up attitude. Why? Because you're going to stay there unless you learn how to serve. You're going to stay there unless you learn how to sow. You're going to stay there unless you learn how to release so that God can bring increase. Anything I see the Lord do, I can do. As he is, so are we in this world. Watch me. Normal people, what do they do? They call things like they see it, but we, say we. Mm -mm. I need you to talk with authority. Say we. We call it how we want to see it. Romans 4, 17. God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Here's what we want. Lord, when I see it, I'll say it. God says, no. I know you ain't got nothing but a little hot wheel right now. But I need you to, uh-oh, it's honking at you too. But I need you to take your little hot wheel. And I need you to pretend like it's a Bentley. 
Now, I'm not saying be materialistic. I'm just trying to illustrate the point. See, you keep calling it small, but you don't see the logo on the front. Y'all not talking to me. Y'all not talking to me. Y'all not talking to me. You keep calling it what it is. And God says, I need you to call it like it is what you desire for it to be. You keep saying I'm weak. God says, call yourself strong. You keep saying I don't have the right connections. You need to say I'm well connected. You keep saying nothing ever works for my good. You need to say everything works for my good. Some of you feel like, well, Bishop, I feel like I'm lying. You're not lying. What you're doing is prophesying. I'm declaring something to be what I have spoken. Open your mouth. Say, I'm debt free. Uh -uh, you don't even say that with authority. If you don't open your mouth and say that with authority, say, I'm debt free. Uh -huh. Now, some of you may say, well, Bishop, I just got a whole bill full of debt. But we call things that do not exist as though they did. Which means whatever I want, I have the ability to create based on what I call it. Some of you keep saying, I can't find good friends. Call them in. Oh, my God. Some of y'all keep saying, I can't find good staff. Call them in. Some of y'all keep saying, I can't find people that are loyal. Call them in. Some of you keep saying, I can't find the right job. Call it in. Some of you keep saying, I can't find the right opportunity. Call it in. I'm about to give this 1115 a few moments to practice. I need you to think of three areas in your life right now where you're seeing something that you don't want to see. I need you to stop being normal and call it what you wanted to see. On three, whatever it is, you open your mouth to say it online, you type it. One, two, three, go. Whatever it is. Whatever it is for you, it's going to be different for every single person. Whatever it is for you, call that a door is open. Call that a way's been made. Call that an opportunity has come up. Call your whole family saved. Don't, don't call them heathens, call them saved. Don't call them heathens, call them saved. Call your children into alignment. Call your children into order. Call your mind into order. Stop saying that you're so stressed out. No, say you're stress free. Call things that be not as though they were. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. Normal people live worldly, but we live weird. 1 Corinthians 3.13. For since there are jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like a mere human? Notice these two things. Say jealousy and quarreling. So jealousy means I see somebody else with it, and then I question why they have it, and I don't. Jealousy means I see somebody else with it, and I think that I should have it, and they shouldn't. Jealousy says I have more talent than them, I'm more faithful than them, I'm more dedicated than them, I sow more than them, I do more than them. Why do they have it and I don't? Can I help some of y'all? If you're walking in jealousy, what you're really doing is revealing you have no faith. Because the same God that's done it for them, look at me, he can do the same thing and greater for you. TikTok, y'all better talk to me today. Which means for some of you, you keep getting aggravated when you need to be inspired. You need to look at what's happening in somebody else's life. You need to look at what they post on social media. And instead of getting jealous, you need to stretch your hands and say the same God that did it for them is the same God that can do it for me. I need you to stop being aggravated and get inspired. Stop being a hater. Some of y'all, I can sense your hate in the atmosphere now. I rebuke you and your hating spirit. Why? Haters get benched. And I don't need you on the bench this year. I need you in the game this year. Just touch your neighbor's shoulder and say, the same God hooking you up is the same God that can hook me up. Open your mouth and say, I refuse to be a hater this year. If you see somebody winning, let me tell you what you're going to do. Clap, 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 clap it up. Why? 
because I don't have to hate. I can ask for that for myself. And in fact, I don't want what you got. I want bigger. I want better. He says, if you're jealous, you're normal. Why they got a happy marriage? Pray you one in. How he got money? You pray you some in. Why she always happy? Pray you some happiness in with you. Looking like you baptized in pickle juice. And you wonder why you had no friends. Nobody wants to be at a funeral all day. Coming around you is like death. I don't know who I'm talking to, but since y'all ain't talking to me at 1115, I feel my Holy Ghost pushing me right there. And it's the third Holy Ghost pushing me right there. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I will be around alive people. Come on. You're going to be around people that when you get around them, you get inspired about your future. You get inspired about your life. I don't need to sit up and talk who shot John and gossip and run other people down. I need to be around some people that iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens. Some of y'all, you're around aluminum, and aluminum does nothing but piss iron off. Y'all excuse me, but I feel like preaching 100 today. Some of you are too strong for some of these weak people you're around. And every time you go around them, you can't say what you really want to say. You can't talk about what you really want to talk about. You can't share your ideas. You can't share your vision. Why? Because every time you share something, they get offended. Every time you share something, they try to tell you, you ain't going to be able to do that. Watch me do I need about 50 radical folk in here. Open your mouth say, watch me do it. You ain't never going to get that business. Watch me do it. You ain't never going to get out of Denver. Oh, you about to watch me do it? Your life ain't never going to change. Watch me do it. You ain't never going to get married. Watch me do it. I don't have to be jealous of anybody because I can ask God for anything. Then he says, quarreling. Watch me. Quarreling means fighting with folk. Look at me. You will waste your life trying to fix people and fight people. Well, she need to do this. He need to be this. He need to be that. Here's what I've learned. If this is what it is, if this is a fit, cool. If not, I'll put it right back on the shelf where I got it from. I ain't finna keep meeting with you. I ain't finna keep talking to you. I ain't finna keep emailing you. What I'm finna do is call in a replacement for you. Y'all not talking to me right there, 1115. You spend too much of your life fighting with people. Hear me, married couples. If y'all stop fighting one another, y'all could actually go build a great business. You could build a great family. But because you so you fighting over who left the cornflakes out and, and, and why this over here and why this over there with your petty behind. I rebuke your petty that's not productive. Woo! I told y'all it's the thug Holy Ghost that's behind me today. I need you to look at somebody and say, I'm not fighting with anybody this year. I'm not uh-uh, either you're going to fight with me, but I'm not fighting you. Either you're going to help me take my enemy down, or I consider you to be my enemy. If you're going to be with us, be with us. But if you're going to be on the other side, if you want to be in the gray area, bye, baby. You can miss me with that, because I'm not doing gray this year. It's either black or white. You're either with me or against me. He says, if there's jealousy and quarreling, fighting, strife. You, you, have, you spend too much of your life in strife with people. And the Bible says you're acting like a mere human. How, how y'all sitting up fighting and y'all supposed to be on the same team? Some people have on your uniform, but they're not on your team. You know why? Because anybody can buy the jersey. 
And you keep saying, well, they, they look like they're supposed to be on my team. They, they even say some of the stuff they're supposed to say on my team. But the truth is, watch me, the way they play reveals they ain't playing for your team. I pray God reveal every traitor around you. I pray he reveal what they've been saying, what they've been doing, how they've been acting. Because for some of you, watch me, you knew because every time you get around them, it's a drain on your whole energy. It's like a darkness. It's a black hole that sucks the light out the room. Let's move. Normal people live from the paradigm of their past, but we live, say we live, from the future. All right, so normal people, here's what they do. They live from the past. So when they get to their present, they will make present decisions based on past experiences. But we live from where? From the future. Say, I live from the future. Now, I know this may sound weird to you because like, well, Bishop, I haven't got to the future, so how could I possibly live from the future? Well, it's very simple. It's very, very simple. Watch me. Look at the screen. Isaiah 43 and 18. Here's what it says. It says this. Remember not. Stop. Some of you live from your memory, which is why you can't dream. You live from your memory, which is why you don't have a vision for your future. How do we know you live from your memory? Because every time we talk to you, the only thing you talk about is something that's already happened. You ain't talking about nothing you're about to do. You're talking about, well, you know, my mama did me dirty. Guess what? You ain't the only one where her mama was trifling. My daddy did me dirty. You ain't the only one where your daddy was trifling. My brother did me dirty. My sister did me dirty. My friend, you're not the only one. But you live from your past. So because you live from your past, watch me, you cannot have a dream for the future. You have no vision for the future. You're not talking about what's coming. The only thing you're talking about is how Joe Willie did you dirty. When we talk to you, we go back through a time capsule. When we talk to you, we go back to King High School, 1989, when you had a jerry curl. And all we had to do was follow the drip. For my millennials unfamiliar with a jerry curl, Google it. You ready? Here's the deal. If you live from your past, then what happens is that you're doing exactly what the Lord said not to do, and you're normal. Well, Bishop, I just, I got to be protective because of my past. Are you protective or paranoid? Because for many of you all, you're so paranoid because of your past that you're tearing up your present. And you want people to be patient with you while you consist, oh God, while you consist. Mm. Let me clean it up. While you consistently urinate on them. Y'all not going to say that The Bible says, remember not. He says, don't you bring this up. Don't you talk about this. See, I remember the lesson, but I've chosen to forget the pain. Let's check the room. Is there anybody where you got some pain from your past? Come on, my hand's up. Everybody's hands should be up. I need you to open your mouth and make this declaration and say, but I survived it. Uh-uh, every survivor. I need you to release a survivor praise right there for five seconds. I beat it. Five, I beat it. Four, I beat it. Three, you're not a victim. You're not, you're not, you're not. You beat it and you're still standing. And guess what? Your next 12 are about to be your best 12. You can't live from your past. God says, don't bring this up. You ever had somebody, they say they forgive you? And when they say they forgive you, they're like, and I ain't gonna bring it up no more. And then when they get mad, they bring up what they said they never were gonna bring up. And they said, now nah, I wasn't going to say nothing. Well, you shouldn't have said nothing then. Some of y'all sit next to him, which is why you looking at me like, Bishop, would you please tell her? <laughs> Watch me. 
Watch me. God says, don't you bring this up anymore. Bishop, but the business failed last year. Don't you bring that up. Well, Bishop, people did me dirty. Don't you bring that up. Bishop, I got a hard time trusting people. Don't you bring that up. He says, remember not the former things. Look at me. Nor consider the things of old. Consider in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament. It means put this in your calculations. See, some of you keep miscalculating because you're calculating with the wrong figures. So what happens is that when you miscalculate in your present based on the numbers from your past, you won't do what's necessary for your future. He says, don't even consider. I know it didn't work last month. But are you going to live from the past or from the future? See, I need some of y'all to go back to your elementary school days. Bishop, what do you mean? When they used to do double dutch. And I don't care how many times you got stuck in the rope. You get over to the side and you'd be like, well, let me get back up in here. 1115, I came to get some of y'all back in this posture. I came to get your expectancy back. I came you to get your appetite back. I came for you to get your faith back. I know you've had some disappointments, but baby, it's about to be your moment. It's about to be your opportunity. It's about to be your turn. And don't calculate your past in your present. He says, don't even bring this in your calculations. Look at me. He says, behold, verse 19. Everybody shout, behold. I am doing a new thing. Look at me. Some of what you're mad about is because God's doing new. And you know what you're trying to do? You're trying to hold on to old. You are so used to it being a certain way that you haven't discerned, hear me, that God says, I'm ready for new. And the only way I get you ready for new, if you won't come voluntarily, I will violently, violently strip you of old. See, for some of you, like, how did I lose the job? Because you were. <clears throat> God says, well, fine. Since you won't bounce, I'm going to make them make you bounce. Y'all not going to. You're violently holding on to old friendships that you know you've outgrown, but you keep them around out of a sense of misplaced loyalty. You don't even like talking to them anymore. Why? Because when you get on the phone, they keep talking about the past. And you're like, I'm trying to talk about the future. But you hold on to them out of some misplaced sense of loyalty. So God will violently strip it from you. He will violently strip it from you. He will violently strip you. Look at me at who you used to be. See, some of you, you are so, watch me. You are undercover narcissists. Because you like to project on the other people. That person's a narcissist. If I hear one more person say that word and use it out of context, because you're projecting, boo. You're projecting on somebody else because the real narcissist is you because you keep holding on to who you used to be. Instead of recognizing I'm not a prisoner to who I used to be, I give myself the freedom to evolve. Oh, my God. I'm not the same me I was in 2021. I need you to fist bump somebody next to you and say, give yourself freedom to evolve. I and watch me. I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I'm not where I used to be. I'm evolving. I'm evolving. I'm evolving. I'm evolving. I'm evolving. And I might knock down, but watch me get back up. He says, now I am doing a new thing. Behold. You know what behold means? Look over here. Uh -oh. Amen. Come on, let me Behold means look over here. You ready? Now here's the problem. When you look at it, you're going to be like, this? This the new thing you're doing? This ain't even no full mattress. 
No, at least put some sheets on it. You this the new thing? This is the new thing? This is my next 12 going to be my best one? This is my weird year? This is my supernatural, uncanny, zany, do I'm like, this is it? Look at, the, look at the meaning of new thing. Say new thing. Okay. Not existing before. Made, hear me, for the first time. Existing, but seen, experienced, or acquired for the first time. In other words, God says, either I'll make it or it'll be new for you. Which means it's been there, you've just never experienced it. See, there's some of you in your next 12 months, you're about to experience a level of life. It's been there, you just ain't never been in it. You're not about to go through the front door. You're about to walk into the private client entrance. Come on, 1115. I'm anointed for this. I'm anointed for this. You're about to be called into the CEO. You ain't meeting with managers and directors. You're about to meet with the H. Oh, I see. Come on. You ready? Look at me. He says, behold, I am doing a new thing. This is why you can't rebuke it. You can't rebuke it because you can't rebuke God. And for some of you, like, God, I don't know, what are you doing? What are you doing? He is violently slamming doors in your face. And he says, it's a new thing. He is violently putting periods where you wanted to put commas. It's a new thing. He is vi- he's making people agitate you. Can I help some of y'all? Behind some of your agitation, you're like, ooh. God is like, I'm making them do that to you because I need to use them like sandpaper. The more they rub up on you, the smoother and the finer you are about to be. For every person under the sound of my voice, where you've got some people that's been rubbing all up on you, I need you to thank God because they're making you better. Look at me. He says, I am doing a new thing. You can't rebuke God. You can't rebuke God. You can't shut God down. You can't shut God up. This is why for some of you, watch me, you're like, I just don't feel like myself. I just don't feel like normal. And God is like, I know it. I don't want you to because I'm doing something new. And when is it going to happen? Now. It's on the screen, in the middle of that screen. And I need you to say it like you see it because it's an open book test. When is it happening? Now. It springs forth. Pay attention. Two revelations to spring. One, it's the season. We're coming up here in just a few days. Where the natural season is about to shift. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Remember, in the Bible, they were an agricultural society. So anything you see in the scripture, it's going to use agriculture as a methodology to communicate principles about times and seasons. Pay attention. So when the Bible says, now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I'll make a way in the wilderness, river in the desert. How do you know, Bishop, that this is the springtime? Because if you look, rivers in the desert, that's a naturally occurring scenario. What do you mean? Is that literally after drought through the dry seasons, all of a sudden rain will begin to come. And when rain begins to come, it goes, watch me, from being desert to a river. See, for some of y'all, look at me. God says, I'm doing a new thing. You know what? It was a desert in February. It was dry in February. But because I'm doing a new thing and it's about to spring forth, when the season changes, so does your situation. I... I only need about five of y'all right through here. When the season changes, so is your situation about to change. Matter of fact, I dare about 50 of us to just pop up one time and turn around. Why? It's about to change. It's about to turn. It's about to turn Facebook. It's about to turn YouTube. It's about to turn Twitter. Somebody say, and it's turning right now. 
Uh-uh, I don't like the way you said that. I need you to fist bump somebody and say, I said it's turning right now. He tells you when it's going to happen, the season. And what's amazing is that springtime, watch me, also, watch me. Can I, matter of fact, I was going to give you two revelations. Can I give you three? So we know the natural season, but then what else happens in the springtime? The spring feast. Feast of unleavened bread, Passover. I'm going to teach you about that later. But guess what? The spring feast in the scripture, it represents when God makes an appointment with man. See, your prayer, praise, and worship makes an appointment with God. See, when I pray, he comes to the appointment. When I, that's why I have you worship so much in church. Why? Because I need him to show up for you. I don't need you look walking out of church saying, that was good. I need you walking out of church saying, and everything in my life is now turning. I don't need you walking in here the same way you are walking out of here the same way you came in here. If all we're going to do is go through religious motions, then you can do that at the house. Or you can do that anywhere. I need for my on-campus and online people, when you leave church today, I need you to say, not only was that word good, but baby, I see things in my life are... But the spring feast and the fall feast. See, your prayer, praise, and worship makes an appointment with God. But watch me. The feasts are when God says, I'm making an appointment with you. And the feasts are getting ready to start. And when the feasts start, heaven says, I'm about to open up and I'm about to have a meeting with you. This is why for some of you, you've been feeling real isolated lately. Let me get in your business. You've been around people, but you've still been feeling isolated. The reason you've been feeling isolated is because God says, when this meeting happens, I don't need any strangers in the room. I don't need any people who are going to make you abort what I'm trying to do. So I need you to feel isolated during this springtime. Why? Because when I meet with you, I don't need you bringing other people into the appointment room with you. Because they might abort what I'm trying to birth. And you've been through too much hell. You've been through too many valleys. You shed too many tears to miss your moment. But here's the third revelation. Say third revelation. Now it springs forth. Watch me. Here's the verb. The verb springs is an action. Now watch me. This is a spring, part of a spring mattress. Now I want you to pay attention. I'm standing on it. Now do you see how I'm putting pressure on it? See, for many of you, watch me. You've been looking at your pressure as punishment. Pressure is not always punishment. Sometimes pressure is necessary. Matter of fact, one of my favorite used to be movies was Vampire in Brooklyn. Anybody know that movie? You know, it's just when they let, they let Eddie make whatever movie he wanted to make. He just said, Eddie, do what you want to do. Here you go. And he said, Vampire in Brooklyn, all right? And watch me. And one of the scenes is, uh, is this vampire turns into the preacher. And the preacher's name was Preacher Pauly. And Preacher Pauly, he got up, you know, he's a vampire, right? So he gets up, he walks into the church, he sees the cross, and, you know, he's a vampire. So, you know, it's a movie, okay? And so then he says, we got to go outside. We're going to have service on the line. We have service on the line. And then Preacher Pauly starts preaching. Say, what he preached, Bishop? He started preaching evil is necessary. Therefore, if evil, if I say evil, evil, if evil is necessary, it must be good. Now, when you think of evil, if you go up in church, watch me, you may have think of demons and pitchforks and ghosts and goblins. That's not evil. Evil in the Bible means pressure that's contrary to you. I don't like your response. 
Which means, watch me, this is you, this is you, this is you. The pressure is contrary to you. But what you're not understanding is some of you, you're getting tired from your pressure. When really, when I put my pressure on these coils, these coils get their energy from my pressure. And what do they do? They bounce back. See, some of y'all keep saying, I'm under so much pressure, and I need you to stop letting that tire you out and stop letting it punk you. And I need you to say, well, do what you're going to do because I'm about to. I don't like your response. Whatever family pressures you've been under, it's designed to get you to. Whatever financial pressure you've been under, it's designed to get you to. Whatever mental pressure you've been under, it's designed to get you to. Don't let your pressure punk you. You still here? He says, do you not perceive it? Look at me, 15. He says, I didn't ask you, do you see it? I asked you, do you perceive it? Seeing is easy. Perception is difficult. What do you mean? Because perception, watch me, is a filter I'm placing on what I see. I'm going to talk over here. Perception is a filter I'm placing on what I see. So you can see um, pressure, you can see it as punishment. That can be your perception. Or you can say, this is about to motivate me. You can see people talking about you as a negative. Or you can say, well, he did say he'd make my name great. He didn't say that he was going to take it by way of gossip. But whatever you got to do to make my name great, do what you're going to do. Got it? He says, do you not perceive it? Ask the Lord. Say, Lord, help me perceive properly. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Say it with authority. Say, Lord, help me perceive properly. Then he says, I'll make a way in the wilderness. Look at me. God says, it didn't exist yesterday. See, for some of you, like, but Bishop, I just, I just need the Lord to do something. It didn't exist yesterday. He says, I will make a way. See that door right now? That door is closed. Well, watch me. And for some of y'all, there's some doors that are closed at 1234. Uh-huh. You ready? But at 1235, when you check your text, y'all not saying that to me. Y'all not saying that to me. God says, I will make a way in the wilderness, which means it didn't exist in February. But I need you to go back again because what didn't exist last month, I'll make it. I need some of y'all's faith. Some of y'all's faith. I came with some $4 gasoline to fill your faith back up. You better hear me. I need you to open up your mouth and say, make a way for me, Lord. But, but if you're normal, if you're normal, you ain't going to live from this place. He says, I'll make a way in the wilderness and I'll make a river in the desert. In other words, I will literally, in the middle of nothingness, I will create something amazing. Look at me. You have a pioneer anointing. What does that mean? You have the ability to take nothing and turn it into something. This is why your boss keeps coming to you asking you to do stuff that's outside the scope. Because they know you have the ability to create. I'm not talking. And I need you to be okay with the one that can make a river in the middle of a wilderness. I need you to be okay with the woman that say, I don't know how to figure it out, but I've got the grace to figure it out. Here's the last thing. Normal people accept anything, but we ask for everything. And this is where we're about to take a turn. You ready? We're about, we're about to get from 70. We're about to go on 225 right here. Y'all ready? All right. In Atlanta, we're about to get off of 20 and go on 285. Take the circle around. We're going to get you to where we're going. You ready? Normal people accept anything, but we ask for everything. I don't have to accept what life throws at me. 
Some of you all, you know what you do? You keep accepting. I was talking to one of our Atlanta members the other day, and she told me her testimony. She said that she was a breast cancer survivor. And she said, Bishop, oh, no, we can put a praise in the atmosphere for that. She said, she said Bishop, uh, she says, and what you said, she said, it's so amazing. She said, because I'll talk to other women that have gone through breast cancer, et cetera, and they'll talk about this from a, from a posture and a perspective um, that, that, you know, they own that. She says, I never owned that. And some of y'all keep accepting. When a doctor said this, you don't have to accept what he. When an IRL said this, you don't have to accept. Y'all better talk to me. If you're going to be normal, then why have Jesus? If you're going to act like the world, then why have God? You may present it, but I don't have to accept it. I need some of y'all to practice right now. Say, I don't accept that. I don't accept. Come on, practice. Say, I don't receive that. I, I don't. I know they said your child going to have that issue their whole life. I need you to learn how to say, I appreciate what you said, doctor, but I know a doctor that's got bigger degrees than you. I know, matter of fact, he ain't even a doctor. He's a healer. You practice in medicine. He's a healer. You practice in medicine. He's a healer. You're practicing. He's the healer. Normal people accept anything. Well, this is what they said it's going to be. You don't have to accept that. Because we can ask for everything. Now, be careful, because I don't want you to walk in the spirit of entitlement that exists in the earth. We have a lot of people who have a sense of entitlement, like other people owe them something. Look at me. No one owes you jack. I'm not saying have a spirit of entitlement. What I'm saying is use what God gave you to use to get what you want. Can I borrow a line from Prophetess Diamond? Listen, you got to use what you got to get what you want. I know y'all don't know who that is. Don't worry about it. Was it Diamond or was it the other one? The other one. Her co-laborer in the gospel. Listen. Don't worry about it. Some of y'all like totally lost. Just stay with me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I can ask for what I want. I can ask for what I want. And even if the answer's no, look at me, I can't miss what I never had. Some of y'all scared to ask. The worst they can say is no. Woo, I don't like y'all's doubt in this room or online. Open up your mouth and say, I can ask for what I want. And if they say no, okay. I can't miss what I didn't have. You, look, look at how crazy that is. You are worrying about something you might not get that you don't currently have, but you're too scared to ask for. The devil and his mama are lying. The whole family is lying. Look at the scripture. James says this. James says this, ye lust, this old King James, come on y'all, let's practice old school church, say ye lust. ye lust, that means you just have strong desire, and you have not, ye kill and desire to have, let me say Bishop, I've not killed anyone, oh yes you have, you've murdered people's reputation because they had what you wanted, but you wouldn't ask for, yeah he got the promotion, but do you know what he did to get it, you don't know what he did to get it, just because you think nasty don't mean everybody else nasty, y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me, Oh, oh, it got quiet right there. So I already told you, my thug Holy Ghost is back here. Don't do that. 
Ye lust and you have not. Ye kill and ye desire to have and you can't obtain. Look at me. He said, why are you mad? Why are you so upset? He says, you fighting and warring. Look, you look foolish on social media in wars with computer people. You look foolish. You, you need to just block and delete. You said, no, nah, I'm going to respond. For what? Block and delete. You don't like what I got to say? Get it on another page. It cracks me up when people try to get on there and say, well, actually, you do not want to come to me with no well, actually. Because this book, I know this book. You're still on Similac. Sit down somewhere. I could smell it all over your breath. Listen. <laughs> you, he says, you fight and you war. Look at this last part. Let's say it together. Yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Uh-oh. God says, you never asked, but you aggravated. You never asked and not asked, y'all. Some of y'all act. No, ask. Come on, let's practice 1115. Ask. He says, because ye ask not. What are you mad about that you've never actually mouthed for? What are you worried about that you've never used your words for? You know, for as much as you want people, I'm grown, I'm grown, I'm grown. You sure look like a little kid by the way you... I can't even. I'm grown. I'm grown. I am not the one. You look like it. Because you never asked. And God is like, how you going to have an attitude with me? Some of y'all won't even worship because you said God ain't came through. For what? You never Asked him. But watch me. The word ask in scripture means to pray. So when he says you ask not, he says you never prayed about it. But what happens when you do pray? And God says, stop praying about it. Here it is. We're on 225 now. We're about to go home. You ready? In Joshua chapter 7, the Hebrews are expanding to a city called Ai. Say Ai. It doesn't stand for artificial intelligence. It's just the name of the city. It's AI. That, that's the city. They, listen, this should have been easy. It's so easy, they only sent 3,000 warriors to the city. Say 3,000. 3, Watch me. Um, but the men of AI, the Bible says, they beat down 36 other Hebrews. Now, the other 2,964 of the army, here's what the Bible says happened to them. Their hearts melted. Shut your mouth. How in the world do we have 3,000 of us, more than y'all have, and all y'all did was beat down 36? But watch me. But the little that we lost has us afraid to lose more. I want to talk to some of y'all where you still got more than you lost, but now you're scared to lose. I'm not talking. You, you still have way more than you lost, but now you're scared to lose. This is crazy because the only 36 of their men were beat down, but yet the Bible says that their hearts melted. What does that mean? They lost the will to fight. I came for a few of y'all where there are certain parts of you where what you now have begun to say is I don't even care. Where you at? Don't lie to me in this building. Don't lie to me on. There are certain areas you like. Ooh. 
And there's other areas you like. Whatever. Whatever. I'm so through. I'm too through. For real, for real. Evidently, you're not because you're still trying to get cosigners. Because if you was really as through as you said you were, you would have been done. Mm. It's not that you're done, it's just your heart melted. What does that mean? That your mind started playing tricks on you. So now you're overthinking. Now you're overcontemplating. Now you're talking, I'm going to make sure don't nobody use me. I'm going to make sure. And now you're doing the most and getting the least. Elbow somebody next to you say, don't do the most this year. What do you mean by that, Bishop? You're doing a bunch of things that are not contributing to productivity. So they end up losing this battle. And Joshua, who's in charge now, Joshua, who at one point was the spiritual son of Moses, Joshua, whose name was not Joshua, it was Moses that renamed him Joshua because when he connected to his man of God, his man of God beginning to preach his identity to him. He began to preach who he was to him. That's why when you come to Harvest, I don't call these sermons, I don't call these life-giving messages because for some of you, you were Hoshea. That was Joshua's first name, which means the Lord can save. But as you begin to sit up under this word, your name changes to Joshua. That means the Lord has saved. See, for some of you, you think like, is it working? Yes, it's working because it's changing who you are from the inside out. You're not the same you you were when you first got the harvest. You're not the same you you were when you first started watching. So now Joshua's in charge. Moses is gone and Joshua is a militant leader. See, Moses was Dr. King. Joshua is Malcolm X. For those of you unfamiliar with the contrast, Dr. King said, nonviolent, nonviolent. Malcolm said, by any means necessary. So Moses is gone. Joshua's like, no more nonviolence. We're going to cut their heads. And for some of you, watch the ship. You've been so used to being Moses, you missed that the new you's got to be Joshua. You're so used to being so merciful with people. You've missed the fact that now you sit in the seat of a CEO, which means I got to make good business decisions. I can't sit up and make merciful decisions for people. So watch, so watch. So Joshua's this militant leader. Joshua, Joshua will cut your head. I mean, Joshua, jo listen, Joshua had dudes around him that not only were they concealed and carried, listen, they were hood. They had, they concealed and carried and a razor blade. And a switchblade. And a little gun down here. And they learn how to fight. So if none of the weapons work, they'd be like, well, let's go. See, some of y'all, when you got saved, you lost your edge. Mm. And I need you to get your edge back. Why? Because you used to be more aggressive before you got saved. Because somebody mistaught you that to be a Christian means to be weak and passive. It's, I need to speak strength into every man under the sound of my voice. We were not sent to be weak and passive, but we were sent to be strong. We were sent to be warriors. We were sent to fight every woman. You were not sent to be some passive lady. You were sent to be a mighty woman of God. I need to speak to your strength. I need to speak to the gladiator in you. I need to speak to the warrior in you. Jesus was not some punk. Jesus was a what? Can you shout, I'm a warrior? So Joshua is all of that. And Joshua, he hears that 
36 guys got beat down. And when he hears this, we're almost done. We're on 225. We're about to get off at Olive. You ready? Here it is. But you know, they don't clean the streets good, so you got to slow down. Wait until tomorrow. You ready? So Joshua hears that 2,964 of his men run back. And Joshua's like, what are y'all doing here? And where is the head of the king of Ai? Why are you in my face with no results? Let me help every leader. If you have people in your face who get no results, you have the wrong people in your face. Let me help every pastor, every CEO that's watching. If you keep having people in your meetings and they have no results, they're the wrong people in your meetings. Say amen. Amen. Here's the deal. Joshua's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) Sir, if I may. We saw this 36 get beat down. And we know we had explicit instructions from you. But we did not follow them. Because something in us began to punk out when we saw that these others were taken down. Joshua's was like, something's wrong here because I've trained y'all better than this. I've built y'all to be better than this. Y'all mean to tell me 2,900 of y'all came back because 36 had a little, little, little tussle, little tussle? You mean to tell me that now you're scared to take a risk because you lost $50 on a Bitcoin investment? You mean to tell me you're scared to make some new friends because you had one trifling skeezer friend? And you knew she was a skeezer. You thought you were a skeezer whisperer. Ready? So Joshua, you know what Joshua does? Joshua, he's under pressure now because he's like, I can't believe my army lost. So what does he do? He gets in the posture of prayer. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says he gets on his face. I mean, well, do it like this here. Like this. You know, you know, like this here. Like this. There you go. There you go. There you go. You got it? He gets on his face. See, some of y'all, you think if you do all that, it's going to make heaven hear it more. You're like, oh, I'm just going to be in sackcloth and ashes. Let me put my little hoodie on top of my head before the Lord so I can lock in with you. You ain't locking in with nothing. You're going to be hot. I'm trying to help some of y'all because some of y'all, you be doing this thing and he's going to hear you more. The Bible says we're to pray all day. Luke 18.1, if you pray all the time, you ain't going to lose your mind. Look what happens. Joshua 7, 7. And Joshua said to the Lord, that means he prayed. Alas, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Then the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua is in what? Prayer. Watch what God says. Everybody 1115, this is God's answer to you. Get up. Translation, stop praying about it. Why have you fallen on your face? In other words, look at me, look at me. There are certain things that you think prayer is a passive posture. You think prayer is this passive posture, especially if you grew up in church, you were done a disservice because because you think I'm just praying and waiting on God. It doesn't take him that long to answer. You just didn't like to answer. Y'all better talk to me. It doesn't take him that long to answer. You just didn't like to answer. 
So you're going back repeatedly to get him to change his mind. He's not changing his mind. He said what he said. Ready? So the Lord says, get up. Stop praying. But put that thing back. You're just hot. He says, why have you fallen on your face and got your glasses all foggy? You ready? Verse 11. Israel has sinned. Stop. This battle you should have won. The reason you couldn't win is because I stopped fighting for you. Oh, my. I stopped fighting for you. This should have been a cakewalk for you. But I stopped fighting for you and got out of the fight, which is why 36 of your men can have a little tussle. And now all of your men want to quit. Why? Because I got out of it. Because Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. So what was the commandment? The Lord said to the people, he says, take, uh, go. And there was a previous battle. And the Lord says, don't take anything. He said, slaughter everything. Don't take anything. Well, this guy named Achan, say Achan. Achan didn't do that. Achan held on to some stuff. Achan slid some stuff into his pocket. And yesterday while I was in the airport, somebody had dropped some cash. And so I walked in. I picked the cash up. I looked around. I said, ain't nobody here. And then I walked in. And I don't know whether the man was telling the truth or not. I just knew it wasn't mine. Pay attention. Be careful when you hold on to what's not yours because you think nobody's paying attention. So, so I, I look at him and say, uh, hey, son, how you doing? Uh, I said, did you drop some cash? He said, what was it, a dollar? And I'm saying, man, you can see what I'm holding. You know what it is. I said, come on now, don't try to okie doke on me. I said, is this yours? He said, it's mine. I gave it to him. Watch me. What have you stolen? See, some of you, he won't fight because you stole your tithe. He won't fight for you because you stole your worship. He won't fight for you because you stole your praise. The only time you praise is when you're trying to manipulate him to do something for you. But I need to make sure at this 11.15, we are not manipulators with God. God, I will bless the Lord when at all times. Let's practice for 20 seconds. Go right there. Go. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Come on in this building. Don't steal your praise. Don't steal your worship. Don't steal your adoration for God. Do not steal it. Come on, 11.15. Do not steal it. Do not steal it. It belongs to him. The song said, my hallelujah belongs to you. Five, four, three, two, one. Say yes, Lord. I'm about to go. Look at me. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They took some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied. God says, they took what belonged to me and they kept it for themselves. For some of you, it's your giving. For some of you, it's your worship. For some of you, it's prayer. You ready? For some of you, it's your focus. Everything else gets your attention but God. You're a great mom, horrible Christian. You're a great father, horrible Christian. Y'all not saying that to me, and I'm not saying this to beat you down. I'm saying this to make sure when you walk out of here, we don't experience any more ails. I need you to log off and make sure from this day forward, I need you to do like the song says, all I do is win, no matter what. And what happens? And my hands go up. And what do they do? And they stay there. Watch me. Look at this. He says, they have stolen and lied. He says, not only did they take it, but they acted like they didn't have it. They acted like they didn't know what I wanted from them. Come on, 15. God says, don't try to play me. 
Oh, my God. Can we be honest? Can we have an honest moment for five seconds? And this is, I need y'all to move because we got to move on. <laughs> you ready? God's like, why are you acting like you don't know what I want? He says, you know what I want. I told you what I wanted. And you sitting up acting. You know what I can't stand? It's somebody that acts brand new. What does that mean, Bishop? They act like they don't know what it's supposed to be. Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. If you don't sit your... Look at me. He says they stole it and lied. They put it amongst their own belongings. Here's what he says. This is what went wrong. So pay attention. When he prayed, he said, get up. Say, take action. Then he said, this is what went wrong. Pay attention. When you pray, God is going to say to you, this is what went wrong. He's going to say to you, this is what went wrong. He's going to say to you, this is what went wrong. He's going to say, look at me. Prayer is not just you talking. Prayer is when God responds and says, we need to change this. I need you to fist bump somebody next to you and say, this needs to change. Look at verse 12. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies. Why? You don't have any armor for your back. In the New Testament, the Bible gives us the, uh, uh, the spiritual armor that we wear. Do some of y'all know what it is? You should know because I've taught you. If not, that's okay. Let's do review. Helmet of salvation. What is that? I got to remind myself I'm saved. Ken Jones said, I'm going to stay saved. Ain't going to start cussing. And look, look, look. The song says, I got to remind myself I'm saved. Breastplate of righteousness, sword of truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, belt of truth. You ready? Look at me, look at me, look at me. If you're turning your back to your enemy, no wonder why you keep getting stabbed in the back. You, not, you don't have any armor for your back because you're not supposed to run from your enemies because God has got your back. Look at me. But he only has your back when you are approaching and not retreating. I came to get some of you off of this runner mentality. I rebuke this runner mentality you've had. You're not supposed to run. You are supposed to, in fact, confront. You ready? He says, I will be with you no more. Oh, my God. So this is why you lost. God says, I left. I will be with you no more unless somebody say, here's the plan to fix it. You destroy the devoted things from among you. So look what prayer does. Prayer told him to get up and take action. Prayer told him this is what went wrong. Then prayer tells him that this is what you need to do. Prayer says this must change. Everybody open your mouth and say something's got to change in me. Look at verse 13. Get up. There he is again. Say action. Your actions speak louder to God than your words. Your actions speak louder to God than your words. He says, consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves. That means set yourself apart. In prayer, God told him what to say. Can I tell you why some of you all don't know what to say when you need to say it? It's because, watch me, you stayed in prayer. You never got up from prayer to go say anything. You're still praying about, Lord, just do this. Lord, do this. Oh, Lord, touch. Oh, Lord, move. Oh, do it, God. Do it, God. Do it, God. Won't you do what? Do what? Y'all ready? Prayer and prayer, God told him what to say. Pay attention. Look at the next part, verse 15. And he was taken, the devoted things shall be buried with fire, he and all that he has. So, what happens next? Prayer gave him a plan. Open your mouth, say, Prayer is about to give me a plan. 
Uh-uh, watch me. This can't just be some crazy actions you're going to take. You need to have a strategic plan for what you're about to do. I need you. We're almost done. Come on, we're on 225, about to get off an island. Lift one of your hands and say, prayer's giving me a plan. Prayer? But I can't stay stuck in prayer. I got to get up and go work the plan that I've been given. Somebody say, I'm about to work the plan. Woo, come on. You're about to get some divine instructions today. You're about to get some divine instructions from prayer. And you're about to work the plan. Open your mouth and say, I'm about to get divine instructions. Look at this. Joshua 7, 19. So the Lord, so, so Joshua, excuse me, said to Achan, we're done. Remember, Achan was the guy that stole and lied. How did he lie? He concealed. Can I help some of you who used to be professional liars? Notice I said used to be. What's me? Withholding is the same as lying. Where were you last night? I told her where I was last night. She didn't ask me about the night before. Liar. Well, let me get you up off of that, though. Pay attention. There are certain things we do, and God says, you withholding it makes it dishonesty. That's why they that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. God says, I'd rather deal with somebody that keeps it 100 with me than somebody that withholds it from me. Look at me. Look at me. He can handle your truth. Ooh. See, some people can't. Because you tell them what you're really thinking and what you're really feeling, and they're like, but there's nothing you can tell God where he's going to look at you and be like, dog. He's going to look at you and say, you are my son and you are my daughter. And just because you feel like that doesn't mean it's a fact. So let me walk you from your feelings into your future. Mm. Joshua said to Achan, Achan's name means trouble, trouble, trouble. My son. So here's where we find the problem. Because Achan was close to Joshua. You want to know where your Achan is? It's close to you. The reason you stay in postures of prayer sometimes is because you don't want to have to confront what's close to you. You don't want to have to deal with what's close to you. You don't want to have to be bothered with what's close to you. I need some of y'all to hear me. You're going to have to get the grace to have the conversation. Elbow somebody next to you say, you need the grace for this one. You need the grace for this one. Let's go. You need the grace for this one. 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 He said to his trouble, look at me. What is your aching? It's a noun. A person, a place, a thing, or idea. Look at me. You could be the person. You could be the trouble, trouble, trouble. You know what? We live in a culture that likes to check everybody else. I'm going to get her together. Get you together. I'm going to let him know what I think. He doesn't care. You need, to, you need to get you together. Joshua said to trouble, my son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and give him praise and tell me now, what have you done? Don't you hide it from me. So what literally happens? They go through all of the different camps, and the Lord says it's going to be one of these camps that's the problem. This is going to be one of these areas where you're going to have your problem. If you're honest, there are certain areas where you always have a problem in your life. Where the real people at in this building? There are certain areas, like, it's like you good. It's that family. It's always. You ready? 
He says, don't hide it from me. Look at me. Prayer revealed it wasn't them, it was him. You remember in the scripture when we read earlier where it says they have sinned and they have transgressed. And well, now watch me. Prayer revealed it wasn't all of Israel. It was just Achan. Question, why do you make everybody pay for the failures of one? Why does your whole family have to pay for your issue with your coworker? Now you come in the house with an attitude with people who did nothing to you. Y'all not talking to me at this 1115. Why should the whole room have to pay for the issues of one? If you're talking to one, call Aiken out, but stop making Aiken have Aiken for everybody else. Look at me. Prayer revealed where the problem was. Look at me. Prayer is about to show you what you need to change. But once you know what you need to change, you got to change it. Come on, Lever team. Prayer is about to show you what you need to change. But once you know what you need to change, you have to change it. See, prayer gave you what you need to change, but then prayer is not going to change it for you. You got to get up and change it for yourself. And can I tell you who you sit next to? You sit next to a game changer. Uh-uh. You sit next to a history maker, a line crosser, a curse breaker, a boundary beater. Come on, open up your mouth. Say, I am the change. Come on, say, I am the change. Look at this last part. We're done. Look at this last part because this is where you're at. And Joshua said, why did you bring trouble on us? What's his name mean? Trouble. Look at me. You get shocked by people who do what they've shown you what they do. His name means, what did he bring? There's some people around you, you literally need to look up what their name means because you'll understand why they do you like they do you. But then there's others where you've seen by the pattern of their behavior what they really are. And so you get shocked when you see that they do what it is that they've proven that they will always do. He, look at me, look at me. But remember, this could be you. You could be the aching. Can I submit this to you? Look at me. It's between me and you. It's probably. I know some of y'all can't wait to get out of church and say, look, Aiken. Huh? I ain't dealing with this no more. Well, I hope you check yourself the same way. I hope you check your little attitude the same way. I hope you check how you've been looking at it the same way. I need you to pull a line right here from this old school song. Say, I got to check myself before I wreck myself. And Joshua said, why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. When? Today. I pray that every aching in your life, that whatever trouble it's brought to you, that God would trouble it. Trouble it. Watch me. Trouble means that he's going to stir it up so that you can correct it and change it. I need you not to be afraid of controversy. I need you not to be afraid of difficult conversations. I need you not to be afraid of difficult things that you have to do. Why? Because God's about to trouble what's been troubling you. He's about to trouble what's been troubling you. He's about to trouble what's been troubling you. 11.15, please, we're done. He's about to trouble what's been troubling you. For those of us in the building online where you've had some things troubling in you, can I get you to stand on your feet and worship God for 10 seconds? Why? He's about to trouble what's been troubling you. Go. 10, 9, 8, 7. Say trouble what's been troubling me. Disturb what's been disturbing me. 
I got to stop praying about it. I got to get up and do something about it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're done. If you're in this building or online and you need to become a Christian for your first time, or secondly, you've given your life to the Lord, but you've not been faithful to him, the day's your day to recommit yourself to the Lord. Or thirdly, I bishop woman, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure enough sure today. If either of those three is you, on the count of three, on campus, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand. Online, I'm going to ask that you do the hand wave your emoji or say it to me. Look at me. God loves you unconditionally. Well, Bishop, people told me God won't love me because of this, because of that, because of that. They lie. He loves you unconditionally. Say, he loves him some me. So, but Bishop, I ain't got everything together yet. You don't get everything together to come to God. You come to God, God helps you get everything together. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself a little, or be sure, on campus or online, on campus on three, just raise your hand up, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. We're not going to put the one chair down front like they used to in old school church and say, is there one? No, you're going to do it right from your seat. If you're on TikTok or you're on any of our digital campuses, do that hand wave emoji, just say it's me. This is your moment. One, can I have my prayer warriors? Who's a prayer warrior, Bishop? Everybody? Can I have you praying that people respond when I get to three? Can I have you praying right now that people respond when I get to three? One, God's coming to get you today. Two, need to become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. Don't miss this moment. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right now. Hands up in this building. Online, do that hand with the emoji or say it's me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody, pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. I give you all of me from this day forward. Thank you that there's some things I need to stop praying about and get up and take action. Every aching I will confront, especially the aching that's in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord or you're now sure. Take your phone out. Text that word decision to 877-552-4746 or scan the QR code. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.